position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which... That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite the deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, special friends, and welcome to episode number 46 of best, the Best Linux Games Podcast being recorded for you live here from the Fortress of Darkness on 2015-09-12 uh, at 11.33 uh, p.m. That would be, uh, you know, for 23-29-4 gross domestic product adjusted time people. Um, we have a lot of stuff in this in this week's episode. Um, I kind of want to bang it out as fast as possible, but to summarize... We have 26 ways in which Valve is pissing me off. Um, and, uh, 26 other ways in which Linux gaming seems to be dying. And then 26 other ways in which I think that anyone who's even actively involved in either of these things can taste both of the previous two. And then we have, of course, um, an awesome feature review of this week. It's of uh, Middle Earth Shadows of Mordor. I've spent exactly like 31 hours, something like that in this game in Linux and it's awesome. 
Um, and then we have three deals that are, you know, kind of uninspiring. And we do have one new and noteworthy. Um, but yeah, we're just going to get on with the rant. And, uh, yeah, hopefully that will. <laughs> okay. So anyway, um, we have, uh, a couple of top stories, but they're very negative. So instead of doing our top stories up front, we're going to do our new and noteworthy this week. Um, which is the only new and noteworthy title that we have is Dropsy the Clown, D-R-O-P-S-Y, um, which I already have mixed feelings about. I have yet to play it, but my good old friend and longtime, uh, longtime, uh, journalist, um, Frank Cifaldi said, I'm just going to tell you to play Dropsy the Clown, blah, blah. Well, that doesn't really work, you know, but let's see. Dropsy is that clown that the folks around town would warn you about. They tell of the monster he became. How he killed his own mother by sparking that circus. And so what you see is a bunch of, uh... Anyway, so Dropsy the Clown, there we go. My God, let's let's hear the rest. Anyway, this looks like a game that was made by the same, very same people who, uh, yeah, I don't know this for a fact, but the very same people who said that everything that I was talking about in terms of game design 20 years ago, well, not 20 years ago, but literally 10 years ago, um, said that I was wrong. Dropsy the Clown is a point and clicker with a lot of, A lot of disturbing stuff in it. Um, you're a clown. Etc. Dropsy the Clown came out September the 10th, uh, 2015. Um, right now through September 17th, it's, uh, you can get the, uh, Dropsy Warm Damp Hug Edition for 10% off at $17.99. Um, Yeah, anyway, it has a sing-along. It's a critical darling. It's hilarious that that's a critical darling, and yet no one would ever listen to me. But that's a different story. I'm conflating two different things. I'm having a very bad fucking week, by the way. So, that is Dropsy the Clown. Um, Go and check out check that out if you're into a point-and-clicker um, with a disturbing clown. And, uh, before we get to our feature, before we get to our top stories, well, no, actually, let's get to our top stories this week. Because I'm in a very negative mode, so we'll just do these, we'll knock this out in five minutes, 
And uh, then we can call that part of the show a night. Starting now. So. I am fucking furious at Valve right now. That would be V-A-V-L-V-E. Yeah, something like that. Valve. I'm fucking furious at Valve right now. Because when I go to the store page now, and this was something that like they made a big fuss over for a long time. We're all familiar with like the absence of the Tux logo anymore on the Valve pages, but that was okay, allegedly, in favor of either the Steam Play or Steam OS logo. Well, now the SteamOS logo does not appear anywhere on the store pages when you're looking for games that you want to buy. So why why does this matter? Well, okay, so Steam Play means that you can play this ostensibly on any system that will eventually support it. Do you understand me? So it could support only Windows. As they open up a ginger ale. It might currently only support Windows and have never, never had plans for supporting Linux. So, but also support, no, actually, that, that's, that's, that's fine. And it's never going to support Mac OS or whatever, iOS or whatever. That means it can get a Steam Play logo, which has a little Valve Gear icon next to it, and then it says Steam Play. That's fine. Okay, that sucks, because, like, you know, like, before, like, you had Tux there if, like, you know, it supported Linux. But no, okay, fine, we'll, we'll call, we'll say it, that's fine, I'm having a cigarette now. Mm. That's fine if you also have a SteamOS logo, which, if memory serves, used to be the little Steam gear instead of Tux. And instead of it saying Steam Play, it said Steam OS. And that meant that it was compatible with Steam OS, which meant that it was compatible with, you know, Debian-based Linux distros. Well, I did a very fucking rigorous survey um, last week. And it does not seem that you can find any... Uh, that you can find any games anymore that actually show a SteamOS logo anymore at all in like the store pages meaning that like if you're looking at like the store the store indexes like it's let's see uh, if you click on store go to popular new releases you know or whatever popular new releases okay so fine we'll go to more see more popular new releases at the bottom of the popular new releases and then we'll click on SteamOS plus Linux yeah, okay, everything that comes up in this result set, here is exactly my search criteria. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Then narrow by OS, SteamOS plus Linux. None of these have the SteamOS logo next to them. They all have the Steam Play, ne- Steam Play logo next to them. Which means that, essentially, the SteamOS logo does not exist anymore. Because if this game, unless it's available exclusively for Linux, then there will never be an 
you know, uh, a SteamOS logo next to it. The Steam Play logo, which means you can play this on multiple OSs, provided that, you know, that this company has come out with a version of this for the, for that OS. Um, etc. This is fucking bullshit. I'm surprised it's taken me this long to catch on to this. But, you see, the last time I looked at, at this problem was, like, I want to say, like, a month ago or something like that. Maybe even two months ago. And all these people were whining about, um, not just whining, they were just hollering about something that I, the reason why I was searching for it was because they were hollering about the same thing that I was wondering about. And then all these other people were responding to these people saying, oh, well, no, that's why we have the SteamOS logo. You know, blah. Is that they dropped the Tux logo? Fine. You don't have to have Tux. Although, you know what? You really should have Tux there because Tux powers your fucking operating system. Tux powers, powers your platform. So, this really upset me. When I, when I started to realize this earlier this week that really there is no more logo that shows you if you can play a game on Linux via Valve. Valve, you suck. You've absolutely, I mean, seriously, you suck. You need to change this. This is really bad because like you're building, you're building this entire distribution based off of Debian. Well, if you want to have any fucking chance of succeeding, you need us with you. And what you've done with this decision is to fucking shove us. I mean, sure, there might be marketing, you know, strategy reasons that are, you know, that are behind this. Those reasons suck because your entire platform is built off of open source. This is what Gabe, this is what Gabe fucking was talking about when he shifted the entire thing towards open source. So this has got to stop. I mean, right fucking now, it's got to stop. I'm very, very angry. I was thinking about making this the last episode of the podcast, almost. That's how angry I am. So yeah, I saw all of these posts of people who are like, well, why can't I find anything that's, you know, where did the Tux logo go? And that's like from like three months ago. And like two months ago, it became, well... It says Steam, it says Steam OS or whatever. And there are these people who are like disambiguating, disambiguating Steam OS from Steam Play. And I'm like, well, yeah, when you see Steam Play, yeah, okay, Steam OS is no longer anywhere in the popular new release. Anywhere. I, so Steam Play supersedes Steam OS is what I'm saying. That is bullshit. So you're disincentivizing anyone who's making a game from actually releasing it on Linux in the first place or also coming up with a Linux port of it ever by doing this. Because Steam, the Steam Play logo, which is just the little cog, the little, you know, blop, the little gear icon with Steam Play next to it looks just like the old Steam OS icon. Only now you buy a lot of games that you don't want to play because you can't play them on Linux. And this means that people who develop games 
no longer care about Linux. Because they no longer have any incentive to add us into the market. This is very bad. Very bad. Okay, so there's our top story for this week. I, I mean, I'm, I had a bunch of shit happen this week. I am actively trying to get a comment from Valve. And that means I have to call in favors from people. Like, which is just insane that I even have to do that. Just to talk to anyone from Valve about this. But yeah, like, I'm going to call in, I'm going to cash in all my chips for next week's show, because I need to know what the fuck they are thinking. Because it's, you know, it's, anyway. So those are our top stories. Well, that's our top story, actually. That, and also I found out this week, um, I guess three weeks ago, Oculus dropped uh, support for Linux. So... I'm really wondering, like, what That's fine, by the way, because I actually kind of like Valve's idea for Steam VR better, because it's an open source, you know, blah. But I mean, fuck you guys, if you're not going to show us what we can actually play on Linux, then I guess there's no incentive for anyone to make anything for Linux ever. So, yeah, did you hear that sigh? That's a big fucking sigh. Because that might mean the end of this podcast. I mean, I might, I like, I don't really see a, that much of a point of continuing if that's the way things are going. But we'll talk to Valve. We'll get a comment from them. Hopefully, we'll get an actual interview with somebody, even if it is just in marketing. Because, I mean, that's just ridiculous. Like, it's, it's... That needs to change. That needs to change right now. Not right now, right now. But like, I need some clarification in terms of what the fuck they think they're doing. So yeah, um, now to our, our feature of this week, um, we have a review of, <laughs> oh my goodness. We have a review of Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor. What? No results returned return by that query? So it doesn't show up if I, if I search for... Okay, no, okay. Anyway, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. No, that's just... It does... Middle-Earth... Shadow of Mordor does not show up if I search for it in Linux only. This is bad. This is very bad. This is very, very bad. Because I know that this game runs fine on Linux. Um... 
there needs to be a, a profound disambiguation on this and all of this stuff. Because like, if I can't find this game when I search for Linux-only games in terms of, like, I want to find games, and I look for Linux-only games, and I know that this game runs on Linux, and even then it doesn't show up when I enter the search criteria, then that's fucked. I mean, that's really fucked up. I mean, that's really broken. That's, like, fucked to fuck. Okay, so, anyway, so the Steam page, alright, let's, let's hear some of Middle Earth, Shadow of Mordor, which I've played over 31 hours of now. So, the thing about uh, Mordor, or about uh, Middle Earth: Shadow of Mordor, is that it it provides like kind of a Grand Theft Auto. It's the first real um, realization. Full, you know, this is an awesome game, by the way, and you should get it if you. I hate Lord of the Rings, by the way. I hate the books. I kind of like the movies. They're okay. I hate the books a lot. This game is really awesome because it provides a sandbox, open-ended sandbox, kind of Grand Theft Auto kind of world for you to explore um, from the perspective of a ranger who is also, half of him is also a wraith. So half of him is a ghost, half of him is... So, like, neither one is bound to the corporeal world in Toto, etc., and there are so many things that I can go through in terms of like the gameplay that make that make this game great. First of all, um, the combat system is incredibly simple. The upgrade tree is incredibly complex. The story branches, well, there are no branches really. There's only one main story, but the way you actually get good enough to follow those main story missions are all freeform based on um, the uh, actual captains of Mordor, Sauron's army, etc. Now that seems very simple, but what what this means is that like in, I mean, I'm 30 some odd hours into this game and I'm only 30% done with it and uh, now it's gone to the point where, as you kill captains, you know, they get replaced eventually. Unless you've broken parts of the army. You'll figure that out on your own. Um, two cool things. Okay, so, first of all, what we're talking about right now. So, Sauron's army has all of these little captains, and then there are these war chiefs. And these war chiefs are like, you know, mega captains or whatever. To understand who the captains are, you have to actually interrogate um, Uruks, who are like, you know, just orcs wandering around, to understand really what the fuck 
And that, and by the way, interrogating will give you like, you know, their, um, will give you their strengths and weaknesses, also what they're afraid of, other stuff like that. It'll also tell you what they're invulnerable to. This becomes, this is totally unimportant for the first 20 some odd hours of the game. While you're playing the game, those 28 hours or whatever, you're just killing people, unlocking stuff, getting runes, which are power-ups that upgrade one of three, one of three of your weapons, dagger, which is stealth, um, bow, which is bow, elf bow stuff, and then sword, which is my personal favorite, which is sword stuff. Um, and you can unlock slots on each one of these weapons. Blah, 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 blah. Each slot allows you to add a rune. The runes give you particular power-ups. So, for instance, I have a rune on my current character that um, every time I counter somebody, it gives me, uh, fi- uh, I think it's three or five health. You counter a lot of shit. All the time. I also have another rune on my uh, sword, which uh, once my combo reaches like above thirty, there's a ninety percent chance that I will have full health again. It'll replenish all my health. Cool thing is the combat in this game is very simple. You press X to attack, X X X, X you know, sword attack. Unless you're doing stealth. If you're doing air, if you're doing, if you want to use your bow, um, you can do that in the middle of almost anything or before almost anything. Cause there's a max pain like kind of a slow time kind of thing. It's a very big in depth game. But what's super cool is you can also capture guys and interrogate them or find interrogate and uh, uh, intelligence points that, that give you a free pass to find out what is this captain or war chief good at? What is, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then later on, you can also issue death threats, which make these captains much stronger, but also allow you to also grant you a higher possibility of when you kill them, if you can kill them, of them dropping an epic rune. That's R-U-N-E. All of this combines to an immaculate freeform game. What's also super cool is the way in which the story is revealed to you. It's not, um, by the time I had my first real question about what the fuck was going on and why the fuck am I here, that was probably 20 hours into the game. And, Maybe within the next hour, a freeform plot point thing happened that, you know, blah. So technically, what I'm trying to say here is that technically, it's possible for you to be able to play this game for the rest of your life. Because all of these war chiefs, all of these um, captains, they, they all, when you die, when they kill you, they they rank up, you don't. You, you lose nothing, cause you're invincible. But they rank up, and they move up in Sauron's army. So, and they become more powerful. 
This is incredibly fun. It sounds very stupid, but it's incredibly fun. And one of the ways in which you can fuck up Sauron's army very badly is by interceding in these freeform, um, because the captains will fight each other or put each other on trial or have a trial by combat or, um, have a duel or whatever between each other. And when those happen, they become a static uh, point on your map, and you select it, and then you run towards it. You kill a bunch of people along the way if you want to, or you can sneak by completely invisibly along the way. And uh, then you intercede, and that actually cock-blocks Sauron's army from regenerating for a while um, the uh, open slot of these guys. Now, it wasn't until yesterday that I found actually a guy, a captain, that I could not hurt. And actually, 30 some odd hours into the game, I finally unlocked a new. I had no idea that this was going to happen because I'm like, wow, like I'm at 30%. I'm literally at 30% some odd, 35% into the game at 38 hours of playtime. Um, oh, there's a whole new area. Okay. <laughs> um,. I haven't even gone to touched on abilities or anything like that. Anyway, Shadow of Mordor right now is probably the best. If you're into this kind of game where it's a very much, uh, there's equal parts strategy, um, freeform plot development and a lot of in-depth stuff. In terms of this game, like, I, I don't know how else to say it without, you know, having to stop this and, and, and read, and read you a script of something that, like, I've written to explain to you. Like, for instance, like, one of the things is like, okay, so let's say there's this war chief that you want to fuck up. You want to get this war chief because you put a death threat on the war chief. To put the death threat on the war chief, you had to actually capture a captain and interrogate them, which is hard to do because that means you have to isolate the captain from the rest of his band because it involves like actually putting your hand on their head and then interrogating them and then saying, hey, you know, blah, death threat. Okay, so then you put a death threat on this, but let's say you managed to do that. You put a death threat on this war chief. That war chief grows more powerful, has a better guard, and has a better chance of dropping um, uh, an epic rune. Okay. All of that having been said, you don't know anything about this war chief. So you go and try and fight this war chief and you can't hurt him. Nothing you seem to do hurts him. None of your finishing moves hurt him. None of your, nothing hurts him. So now you have to figure out how you're going to hurt him. So that means capturing another captain, interrogating that captain, and then selecting that war chief that, you know, you have marked for a death threat or whatever. You can do this without having a death threat, but this is just the, the common use case that I've come up with against, I've come up against over the last, you know, I guess like six hours. So now you need to find out his strengths and weaknesses. And so you find out, oh, okay, so his strengths are everything. Like he's like, he's invulnerable to any of your finishing moves. He's invulnerable to range attacks. He's invulnerable to stealth attacks. He's invulnerable to, he's a combat master, so that, like, you know, almost your basic melee attacks don't hurt him. It also tells you that his fears are caragors, which are like, you know, these horse-like, dog-like creatures that you can ride. 
that are very vicious, um, and that he fears bees and he's easily damaged by explosions. So there you go. Now you have to lure him to some place where it's, it's really awesome in terms of a free form way of, uh, building a game. This is a great way of doing it. And the way it reveals its story to you is so delicious that even I am enjoying Lord of the Rings type of stuff. So that is Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor, which I know for a fact runs on you, Bantu Mate. Um, and I'm going to tell you right now, it is... Right now you can get uh, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor Game of the Year Edition for $49.99 um, or you can get Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor Upgrade to the Game of the Year Edition for $9.99. Um, literally, I've already played over almost 40 hours of this game. So, at like an you know, minute at a dollar per hour rating, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor is fabulous. It's very addictive. It's great if you're sober. It's great if you're drunk. It's great if you have friends over. It's great if you're sitting there alone. Um, it's very cinematic and the sheer amount of, uh, time and effort that went into, especially all the different finishing moves that are in the game, like depend, they're all pretty dependent on the animations are all pretty dependent on where your character is and where the target is. It's a really good game. It's a really good game. A lot of fun. Um, it's a damn sight better than any of the Grand Theft Auto games that I've ever played. Uh, Feral development team deserves a huge, huge round of applause. Feral Interactive. Um, part of Monolith Productions. They did a great job. This is a fun game. And so even at 50 bucks, I mean, I got mine on sale. Mine was, I think, 30 bucks. And it includes, I think mine included all DLCs that are available. Um, but even at 50 bucks, fuck it, man. 50 bucks, you play it for one hour a night. You will be able to play this game for the next, you know, five months if you wish. So, one hour every night, there you go. I'm giving it, you know, my highest rating. You can pay full price for this and come away happy. And if not, then you can return it before, you know, using a Steam return policy. Okay, so now let's get to the deals. We'll just breeze through these because we're running out of time. Um, our deals this week are XCOM Complete. We're not going to have the music. I'm sorry, guys. XCOM Complete. 80% off, $10 now through September 14th. In fact, I'm going to, while I talk to you, um, XCOM Complete. XCOM Complete Pack is... Huh. Here it says $14. That's weird. Well, okay, I guess XCOM Complete is 80% off 
Oh, no, no, okay, 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 okay. Here, see, once again, fuck you, Valve, you're fucking everything up. See, I cannot find the actual package. It's called XCOM. Oh, my God. Because, like, XCOM Complete actually pops up a Windows thing. X. <sighs> wow, this is really bad. This is really bad. This is not good at all. This is not good at all. So I'm going, okay, so I just opened up the normal Steam, and I'm going to, um, specials. I'm clicking on the specials. It says XCOM Enemy Unknown Complete Pack is 80% off, $10. I'm adding this to my cart, by the way. XCOM Enemy Unknown Complete Pack, which includes... Oh, wow, this is, like, all fucked up, man. Like, this is totally fucked up. I'm not, it's not that I'm drunk or anything, it's that this is just fucked up. Alright, XCOM Enemy Unknown Complete Pack includes XCOM Enemy Unknown, XCOM Enemy Within, XCOM Enemy Unknown Elite Soldier, XCOM Enemy Unknown Slingshot Pack. Um, anyway, it's 80% off now through September 14th, so that's like the next three days. Um, at $10 and zero cents, uh, down from $49.99. Um, but like the fact that like they don't make this easy to, easy to find is really, really frustrating. Okay. So that's XCOM complete XCOM enemy unknown complete pack. Good luck finding it on Steam, man. Good luck finding it. Good luck. Do not be confused with XCOM Complete and XCOM Enemy Unknown Complete because guess what? This, this shows Steam Play for everything. So there is no Steam OS logo. So you could easily buy the other. The other one is only available for Windows though. So it's only going to show you the Windows icon. Anyway. Up next, we have The Witcher 2, um, like game of the, uh, enhanced edition. Which, uh, right now, see, this is, this is another thing. Um, the enhanced edition, but not the enhanced edition director's cut is on sale, but the enhanced direct, see, this is just crazy. Okay, so. Here's the, here's the facts. The Witcher 2 Assassins of Kings Enhanced Edition is available for Linux and for a bunch of other operating systems, but any other version of this game is not. So, here's the exact search criteria. Witcher 2 Assassin of Kings, Assassins of Kings Enhanced Edition Right now, till September 15th, it's 85% off at $2.99. Meanwhile, by the way, that was The Witcher 2 Assassins of Kings Enhanced Edition. Meanwhile, 
If you just put it in Witcher 2. That comes up with The Witcher 2. This is so fucked up. None of these work for Linux. Anyway, but The Witcher 2 Assassins of Kings Enhanced Edition works fine on Linux. It's great. Pick it up right now through September 15th. It's 85% off at $2.99. Go buy that fucking game right now if you've not played it. It is a fabulous game. It's a great twin stick role-playing game. You will love it. And then finally, uh, I know we're running late. Um, Savage Lands right now is, uh, that's like a Minecraft-y, uh, first-person, pseudo-style first-person, um, thing. It's 60% off, um, now through September 15th. It's $7.99. So to wrap up our deals, to review our deals, we had X, oh god, we had, we had the XCOM that, like, no one can ever fucking buy. Um, XCOM Enemy Unknown Complete Pack for $10. 80% off, now through September 14th. Um, The Witcher 2... Just be careful. Assassins of Kings Enhanced Edition. That's the one that's available for Linux. Um, that's also on sale. 85% off now through September 15th, $2.99. Um, and then we had, uh, Savage Lands, which is 60, 60% off at $7.99 now through September 15th. Who knows if we will see each other next week? Um, if this is it, if this is goodbye, then thank you so much for listening to us, but, uh, I have a feeling that we're going to be back next week, regardless. But I have to talk to Valve. I need to know. I need to hear from someone from Valve. What the fuck? Because this is not going... This is not going to stand. This is not going to work for me. And I hope it won't work for you. If it won't, you can follow me on Twitter at VegasWriter, V-E-G-A-S-W-R-I-T-E-R. You can join us on our Steam group, Best Links Games Podcast. Um, find us, you know, on uh, www.bestlinksgames.com. Well, you can subscribe to us uh, via um, whatever type of podcatcher you wish, including, you know, Apple, iTunes, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, a very dark week. I guess. I guess, yeah. I think that's probably the best way of saying it. It's just been a very dark week. This is like dispiriting shit. But yeah, and also you can find me on uh, Steam. Uh, Skooky Sprite, S-K-O-O-K-I-E-S-P-R-I-T-E. You want to talk to me? That's great. You can also find us on SoundCloud. Etc, etc, etc. Cheers, thanks for listening, and hopefully we'll be back next week. Bye-bye. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. 
to subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.